Hey guys, this is Chrissy. Hi, this is Casey. And we are the Two C's Podcast. And before we go any further, because we forget to do this every <laughs> yes, time we, do. we end, we have a Facebook Facebook <laughs> Facebook group, a Facebook group called the Two C's Podcast. It's two is spelled out T W O, and C's is S E A S. And same with our Instagram. And our um, email is two the number two. C's, S-E-A-S, and 2021 at gmail.com. And we would love to hear, like, um, just how we're doing. So rate, review, and subscribe. And if you have anything nasty to say, keep it to yourself. Yes, because we don't say nasty things to you. And honestly, we don't really care. Um, But welcome, St. Louis, Missouri, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and Savannah, Georgia. Welcome, welcome. So great to have you. <laughs> and the first one that's going this week is Chrissy. All right. So are we ready? Yep. We are ready. All right. So um, this week we did uh, famous people that have, like, murdered someone or... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I would say murdered, but mine's a little bit different than yours. Okay. Um, <laughs> My sources I used was Wikipedia, RollingStone.com, and Biography.com. And I did mine on Sid Vicious and Nancy, I think it's Spongin. It is Spongin. Okay. Well, that's what I've heard anyways. Okay. I I saw like a couple different ways that you could pronounce it, but most of them were Spongin. Yeah. So I was pretty sure that's what it was. All right. So Sid Vicious, uh, his real name was, or is Simon John Ritchie. He was born May 10th, 1957 in London, England, which I feel is very weird because when I think about him, I, I feel like he's the same age as us, but he died the year I was born. Well, because he was so young, I think. Yeah, it's just weird though. Like, I feel like he was from our time and not back then. I don't know. It's well, weird. and to think about like the punk era, yeah, like seems like the 80s. Yes. More than Maybe I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. So he died February second, nineteen seventy nine. Oh, so it was the year after I was born. Um, and he was twenty one, and he died in New York City. So Sid Vicious was an, and I'm just gonna call him Sid Vicious because that's what he went by, not his legal name. Uh, Sid Vicious was a English musician. He was best known as the bassist for the English punk rock band, the Sex Pistols. That was not going to come out, but it did. <laughs> we made it. His early life, uh, Sid Vicious was born, I already said that, Simon John Ritchie on May 10th, 1957 in London, England to John and Anne Ritchie. Sid's mother dropped out of high school and joined the British Army where she met Sid's father, a guardsman, at the Buckingham Palace, which I think is awesome. That's amazing. And a semi-professional trombone player on the London jazz scene. Shortly after Sid was born, Sid and his mother moved to, I think it's Ibiza. 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 Where they were expecting to be joined by Sid's father, who said he would help support them, he would send them money. Um, to help them financially until he could move there to be with them. Got it. Uh, however, after they left, he sent a few checks um, that arrived, but when she went to go cash them, 
they bounced. Oh. And then Anne realized after they stopped coming that he was not going to come and join them. What a Although great dad. he never said. So, um, while they were waiting for John Sr. to show up, Sid's father decided that he didn't want to be, didn't want the responsibility of being a father. So then he left the army and got a job as a furniture salesman. Um, and that's all that was ever really written about him. Nothing else was ever really said about him. I looked, I looked up his name, everything, and that was it. I was like, all right. Um, Anne later married Christopher Beverly in 1965 before setting up a, that came out weird. Okay, so she married him in 1965, and then they moved to Kent, London, I guess. It just said Kent. It didn't say where it was. I'm assuming it's London. Uh, Christopher Beverly died six months later from cancer. That's sad. That's really Right? That's crazy. And then by 1968, Sid and his mother were living in a rented flat in Turnbridge, Wells, Wales or Wells? No, it says Wells. Okay, just wondering. Um, I think that's just the name of the town. I don't think that... I think it's still London. Okay. Where he attended... And if it's not London and everybody's listening from there, I'm sorry. (laughs) But that's what it said. Uh, He... Okay, so... Oh, where he attended Sandown Court School. They have weird school names. And then in 1971, they moved to Hackney in East London. So, yes, it was London. Where Sid attended Clissold Park School. He also spent some time living in Cleverden, Somerset. Sid first met John Lydon in 1973 when they were both students at Hackney Technical College. John described him during this time as a David Bowie fan and a clothes hound, which we would say here he was a clothes whore, which I guess isn't a very nice thing to say, but whatever. He had a lot of clothes. Yes, and he liked clothes. He probably bought expensive ones, too. I don't know. John nicknamed him Sid Vicious after his pet hamster, Sid, bit Sid Vicious on the finger. That's awesome. <laughs> because the um the hamster was really docile and would let anyone hold it and the person it the only person it ever bit was Sid Vicious. So he was like, We're naming you after the hamster. <laughs> and then it stuck and that's how he got his name Sid that's Vicious. Crazy. Was being bit by a hamster. So Sid was seventeen when he met Chrissy is it... It's Hind. Is it Hind? Okay, I thought it was. Yeah, from The Pretenders. Yes. Before she formed her group, The Pretenders, she asked Sid if he would marry her so she could get a work permit. And Sid, Sid told her he wasn't interested. Wow. Yeah, so they didn't get married. Um, in 1976, Sid joined Susie and the Banshees, playing drums during their notorious first gig at the 100 Club Punk Festival in London's Oxford Street on September 20th. So, 
I don't know. I've never heard of Susie and the Banshees. I have. Okay. I was like, but they're really popular in London. Yeah. Uh, he joined as a member of the Flowers of Romance along with co-founding member of the Clash, Keith Levine, Palm, Palm Olive, and Viv Albertine, who would later join the Slips. Never heard of them. Me either. There's there's a lot of like different bands skipping. Uh, according to members of The Damned, I've never heard of them either. Mm-mm. Sid and Dave Vanyan, I think is how you pronounce it, had been considered for the position of lead singer for The Damned. Sid did not show up for the audition, though, and later stated that Vanyan and some of his associates had intentionally withheld information regarding the audition as an act of jealousy to ensure that he would miss the audition and that Dave Vanyan would be picked as the lead singer. Interesting. Yes. So, Sid was extremely pissed off, which I can understand, if it's true, and held a personal grudge against Lanyon and the Damned. Wow. <laughs> a grudge that would become very violent. During the Damned's performance at Day 2 of the 100 Club Punk Special, the day after making his debut drumming with Susie and the Banshees, Sid, drunk on, well, drunk and high on drugs, hurled his glass at the stage where he was trying to strike Dave Vanyan, but the glass mist shattered on a pillar and partially blinded a girl that was in the audience. Oh, shit. In one eye, yes. Sid was later arrested the next day and imprisoned at Ashford Remand Center. I don't, we didn't really need to know where he was in jail, but whatever. So, Sid was, oh, and it didn't say anything else about the girl, so I assume that after that it was done okay um sid was asked to join the sex pistols after glenn matlock's matlock had a falling out with other members of the band in february 1977 uh the manager malcolm mclaren said if johnny rotten is the voice of punk then vicious is the attitude mclaren also said that if he had vicious before if he had met Vicious before he hired Rotten. So, Johnny Rotten is the lead singer of the Sex Pistols. Yes. Just so you know. In case anybody didn't know. Uh, before, so if he had met Vicious before he hired Rotten as the lead singer, then, um, he would have actually had Sid Vicious as the lead singer because he's more charismatic. Got it. And he interacted with the audience better than... Um, Johnny Rotten. Yeah. Uh, Alan Jones described Vicious as having the iconic punk look. Sid on, Sid on Image Alone is what all punk rests on. His nails were always painted sloppy with purple nail polish. Sid played his first gig with the Pistols on April 3rd, 1977 at the screen on the green in London. I think that is a fabulous name. <laughs> he debuted Oh, his debut was filmed by Don Letts and appears in Punk Rock Movie. I've never even heard of that movie, but mm -mm. I'm going to have to watch that next year. Uh, Sid Vicious developed a drug habit 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 early on in his career. Now, 
There is rumors that say that his mom provided him with drugs. When he was younger? Yes. Which okay. is how he originally got hooked on drugs. He was taking um, amphetamines. Okay. Um, but it's never said definitively whether or not that's true or not. But um, lots of people have said that she's the one that originally got him hooked on drugs. Uh, so... Sid was hopple, hopple, I cannot speak to, I told you I need to get drunk before I do this. <laughs> Sid was hop, oh my God, <laughs> was hospitalized with hepatitis from the needles he was using to inject drugs during the recording of the Sex Pistols only studio album, Never Mind the Bops, Here's the Sex Pistols. His ba- bass was only featured on part of one song, Bodies, because he had no bass experience when he was hired and didn't know how to play at the time of them recording. So I think I had heard of some something, like I had heard of that. Yeah, so then they actually, um, I can't remember who the name of the guy was that played, who was playing the um, bass the other, for all the other songs, but he actually ended up dubbing over um, Sid Vicious's on the, <laughs> the, one, the song. one song. Yes. Um, so he, uh, actually wasn't really. Wow. I mean, it, it, they, it's both of them are on the track. Yes. But the one that you can really hear is the guy that dubbed over it. So, um, his band said that one night, like after he got out of the hospital, he was like, I need to learn how to play bass. So he got a Ramones um, CD. Okay. Got. No. He got a Ramones either vinyl or tape because well, back yes, in the in day. The 70s. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was probably vinyl. Um, it was probably an LP. So he took a bunch of drugs. Oh, well, so, that works. So he stayed up all night long and he played bass to, their, to that LP or whatever he was listening to, to that album, all night long. Until they woke up the next morning and he, he taught himself how to play bass. He knew how to play bass the next morning when they all woke up. <laughs> Seriously. That's insane. Right? Drugs. That's what drugs yes. will do for you. Right? Don't take them. <laughs> for real. It should take you longer than a whole 24 hours to learn the bass. Right? <laughs> should I tell Barker that that's how no, it's No. No. I would never. I know. I know. <laughs> So, Sid later appeared as um, lead vocalist, performing three songs on the soundtrack to the great rock and roll Swindle that was released in 1980. As the Sex Pistols became more popular, Sid met Nancy Spungen, and the couple began a relationship that eventually led to Spungen's death from a stab wound while staying in a New York hotel, Chelsea, with Sid. So, um, she was 17 when they met, and he was 19, I think, like 19 and So, two young, two young kids. Yes, they're both very young. Was but, she from New York, or was she from, um, did you just say that? No. <laughs> That's a good question. And I didn't put it down. Because there was so much stuff about him. Okay. That I, I was just wondering. Um, she's from America, though. Okay. She wasn't from London. She um, dropped out of school at 
and moved to London um, to tour with bands because she was a groupie. Okay. Um, and was very, uh, how do I say it politely? Like to jump from band she to like, band. She like, yeah. Um. Well, she was a groupie. Yeah. That's all you need to say. Okay. Um. So unless, unless you're 12 and then you don't need to know no. what a groupie is. And then, um, she also, like, <laughs> to earn money was a stripper and a prostitute. Sex worker. <laughs> in this it said prostitute okay well whatever back then it was a prostitute it's well that is true <laughs> but a sex worker yes um so in january 1978 the sex pistols started a u.s tour however it only lasted about two weeks they canceled multiple shows i shouldn't laugh because it's not funny and things within the band were getting really bad most of the tension was between Malcolm McLaren, which was their, um... Isn't that the guy that started it? it, it it's their, um, manager. Oh, okay. Johnny Rotten, which is the, the lead singer, singer. Yeah. And Sid Vicious, which played the bass. With Rotten accusing McLaren... McLaren this is horrible, Rotten. <laughs> accusing McLaren of trying to wreck the very thing that made Sex Pistols pistols great and by this time sid's heroin habit was becoming a huge issue and um sid's negative interactions with members of the audience while he was high at concerts well if he was charismatic um i could see him being very um the opposite when he's high on drugs well just um how do you what's the word i'm looking for I don't know. Um, aggressive. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So, in San Antonio, Vicious struck an audience member on the head with his bass. The audience member had antagonized Vicious, who responded by hitting him. Before the Sex Pistols went on stage for another concert at Longhorn Ballroom in Dallas. Now, you have to remember that they're in Texas. What are is, they doing in Texas? Right? <laughs> yes, which is um for the uh, is country for the most part. Uh, well, well, no, I wouldn't say that, but it's definitely conservative. Well, it's def it's not punk rock, and especially probably not in the seventies. Well, tr I don't, I don't know. Well, I watched a documentary on it, and they said they didn't know why they were in Texas. Well, it just seems like that because, would be the one state, and they were playing at like honky tonk bars weird right I was like, uh, mclaren you made a really bad choice right i was like that's really weird um so anyway so at the um longhorn ballroom in dallas sid was going through heroin withdrawals and decided to carve on his chest give me a fix before he went out to do his show oh my god <laughs> yeah so then after the show at winterland in san francisco the group broke up because at that point it was just well because you started off in texas and i'm not saying no, no, no. that because texas no, is they bad didn't start off in texas oh i thought that's where they, they started um no, no no it's i think it started off in new york and it went like down Got and then it. around and then up weird yeah but i mean maybe there's a lot of people in texas that like the sex pistols i don't know 
No, because they said they didn't know why they were in Texas. <laughs> well, it just seems like the wrong demographic. Right. Well, and um, a lot of people like that were around back then or whatever because they were doing interviews with um, like the people that they hung out with and yeah, and the people that were backstage all the time and stuff. And they were like, um, the people were saying you have to realize like he was really, really young. Well, he yeah. was 19 and 20 when he joined the band. He didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know how to play bass. He taught himself one night when he was high. He was already on drugs because supposedly his mother had um, gotten Str- him yeah. on drugs. I'm not going to say that she did for sure because I don't know, but supposedly. But um, they're just like, most people don't realize, like, like when they when people talk about him and Nancy, like, they talk about them like, you know, they should have, they, they were in their 30s. They were in their 30s. They should have learned through life 40s. or whatever. And it's like, they hadn't even gone they were through children. life yet. Right. Okay. So, um, Sid then started on a path to destruction that would ultimately claim his life while record his life. While recording lead vocals on three cover songs for the soundtrack album. And film, The Great Rock and Roll Swindle. My Way was released in 1978. Come On Everybody was released in 1979. And Something Else was released in 1979 after his death. Um, with Nancy Spungen acting as his manager <laughs> after the, um, the Sex Pistols broke up. Vicious embarked on a solo career during which he performed with other musicians, such as Mick Jones of The Clash, um, the Sex Pistols' original bassist Glenn Matlock, Rats Scabies of The Damned, so he must have forgiven that um, guy. Yeah, yeah. Where he was too high to realize (laughs) who he was. Maybe. And the New York Dolls' Arthur Kane, Jerry Nolan, and Johnny Thunders. He mostly performed at Max's Kansas City, or Max's, which is in Kansas City, sorry, and drew large cloud. Cloud. Jesus. Large. I should, I should just retire. <laughs> Though some crowds, large crowds, just in case you were wondering what I was trying to say there. Um. Though some performances were hellish, when Sid would insult people in the audience a lot when he was high. You can hear Sid screaming in between tracks on his live album, Sid Sings, where he was filming. They filmed it at. Yeah. I really want to listen to it. I know, I was just going to (laughs) say, we should definitely download this. Right. So, guitarist Steve Dior said in the documentary film, who killed Nancy, which I watched and was really good, that he he got paid really good money for those shows. Um, his gigs at Max's would turn out to be his last performances as a solo musician, as well as his last performances ever before he died the following February. So during their 19-month relationship, Nancy and Sid were abusing multiple drugs and became addicted to heroin. Some people say that Nancy is the one that got him addicted to heroin, but he said in an interview that he 
she didn't introduce him to anything he hadn't already done. I was gonna say. So, yes, they were doing it together. But, but she's she not, not the one that got yeah. him addicted to it. That was both of them. Just yes. participating. Yes. So, the tabloids started calling her, this is horrible, nauseating Nancy for her frequent public displays of verbal abuse and violence. After the Sex Pistols broke broke up in January of 1978, um, Sid and Nancy moved to the Hotel Chelsea in New York City, um, where you could pay to live there instead of, like, renting a room. Yeah. You could pay to live there. It was kind of like the Cecil Hotel. Yeah, we won't talk about that at, in this episode. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but I'm just so you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I know what uh, you're talking about. <laughs> they um, stayed in room 100. I want to check to see if that place is still open, and I kind of want to stay in that room. In case he doesn't want to, you I, can I, tell by your face. I, I, I don't know <laughs> if I want to. Um, but they were registered in the hotel as Mr. and Miss John Simon Ritchie under Sid's real last name. Or his real name. It's not just his last name. Um, so on the morning of October 12th, 1978, so there's been a couple different stories. Um, Nancy's body was found under the sink in the bathroom of, of their room. Now, Sid said, first said, well, Sid first told the police the first time that he woke up from a drugged up stupor that him and Nancy had used drugs shot up the night before and that he woke up to find Nancy dead in the bathroom on the floor. Um, she had suffered a stab wound to her abdomen and appeared to have bled to death. The knife that was used was a Jaguar K11 hunting knife. I'm not sure why I needed to put that in there because I don't know what that is. But maybe some other people do. It's I don't true. Know. Um, but I guess there's a bunch of um, articles that said it was a different kind of knife, but the police said that they don't know where that came from. That's not what knife it was. It was the Jaguar K-11 hunting knife. I don't know. Um, Sid was arrested and charged with her murder. Um, Sid said that they had fought the night, that night, or the night before, that she died. So this is the second. Um, his second interview? His second interview. So the first one was at the hotel before he got arrested. Okay. When they found when he found the body and he called the police. Okay. Okay. This one is after they arrested him and he's telling them again what happened. Okay. okay. He says that they got into a fight. He stabbed her, but he never meant to kill her. Then another time. Okay. He said that he did not remember anything and he doesn't remember stabbing her at all. Um and then another time, mm-hmm. he said that they were arguing, and at one point during the argument, she fell on the knife herself. Okay. Okay. Um, when Nancy died, she was 20 years old. That's so sad. Right? So, on October 22nd, 10 days after Nancy, Nancy's death, Sid attempted suicide by slitting his wrist with a smashed light bulb, which was while he was in jail. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, 
He was supposed to be watched, and he wasn't being watched. He was hospitalized at Bellevue Hospital, where he also tried to kill himself by jumping from a window shouting, I want to be with my Nancy. But he was pulled back by hot hot tub (laughs) hospital staff before he could jump. I feel... Maybe it's because when I'm first, I feel like I'm, like, on the spot. I have all this stress. I don't know. I, I don't know either. It could be that, too. So, anyways, he um didn't jump because they pulled him off of the window. Then, in, in November 1978 interview, Sid said that Nancy's death was meant to happen. And that Nancy always said she would die before she was 21. Near the end of the interview, he was asked if he was having fun. In reply, he asked the interview, Are you fucking kidding me? He was then asked where he would like to be. And Sid answered, Under the ground. Wait. Back up. One more time. About what? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, yeah. And then... So he asked the interviewer, Are you fucking kidding me? When he asked him if he was having fun. Yeah. And then the interviewer asked him if he, where he would like to be. And Sid answered, oh, under, under the, the ground. ground. Okay. So, while he was out on bail, awaiting his trial for um, second degree murder for um, Nancy, Sid attended a concert at the New York Dance Club where he attacked Todd Smith, who is the brother of singer Patti Smith. Okay. Who's Patty Smith? I okay. Now don't hurt me, because I think I didn't even no, know. No, no, no. I I'm almost positive, and I could be completely wrong, but I think Patty Smith is married to John McEnroe. Okay, I know who that I is. I think I don't know. Um, so, I also am probably extremely wrong. So what happened with that? Is see, I that didn't say in any of the stories. I so read it's how it I'm happened. probably wrong. Oh, I don't know. No, 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 not about who she oh, is. Okay. I mean about what happened with the fight. Okay. So when um, because all the stories I read didn't say what the fight was about. I'm wrong. You're wrong. Yes. Patti Smith is an American singer, songwriter, musician, author, and poet who became an influential component of the new york city punk rock movement and that is from it looks like probably wikipedia okay i don't know who she is i i i'm sure we've heard some of her stuff but um but anyway so none of the articles said what the fight was about but the documentary i watched yes um said that so when he went to go watch the band he was flirting with like some of the band members and he was giving the guys in the band like dirty looks I guess I don't know they were like it was really weird (laughs) so Todd Smith was doing the security for the band got it walked over to um Sid Vicious and was just like hey man do you mind waiting flirting with people until after they're done just so they can concentrate on what they're doing what they're doing (laughs) he's like and um one of the girls that he was flirting with overheard Todd asking him and said that he asked him very politely. It wasn't rude or anything, but Sid got pissed off and slammed a beer bottle on top of Todd Smith's head. 
Oh my gosh. Shattering it. Do you know how hard it is to shatter a beer bottle? Yeah. Yeah. That tells you how hard he hit him. Wow. Um, and it, like, it broke through his skin, so he was bleeding everywhere. Yes. Um, so he ended up getting arrested the next day. Okay. Um, which was December 9th, 1978. He was sent to jail for 55 days to undergo a painful and enforced de- detox. detox. Yes. He was then released on bail um, February 1st after he was detoxed because he had to go to detox. They weren't going to let him do anything until he, w- he was done with Clean. rehab. Um, his bail was originally set at $50,000, which said that nowadays would be like $175,000. Okay. Uh, but it was lowered. It didn't tell me how much it was lowered. It just said after um, his lawyers negotiated with um, the judge, he ended up lowering it, but it didn't say how much he lowered it. So, Malcolm McLaren, which is the Sex Pistols manager, yes, um, worked to raise money to um, bail him out. Um, it was eventually covered by Virgin Records. And then John Lydon, which was his roommate when he was in college, he's the one that had the hamster that bit. Yes. Okay. Said that Mick Jagger was who paid for um, Sid Vicious's lawyer. Okay. Um, he's never come out and said publicly or whatever that he, ha- he is the one that paid for it. But um, John Lydon said that he thought it was pretty cool that he paid for it and didn't take any um, accolades for it. Yeah. So then, on the evening of February 1st, after he was released from bail, he um, had a small group of friends over, including Jerry Only of the Misfits, and the future D-Generation founding member, Howie Pyro. That was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Gathered at the Manhattan appointment of Vicious's new girlfriend michelle robinson at 63 bank street in new york city in order to celebrate jid jid sid (laughs) jesus making bail he was on um a methadone program after he got out of jail um because that's what you're on when you are in um rehab even back in the 70s i guess so huh I thought that was something that was new. I don't think so. But I don't know anything about that. Well, he also was a rock star, so maybe it was like in um, like trial stages then or something. I don't don't, know. I don't have any idea either. either. All I know is that he was on methadone when he was released from jail or from rehab. It wasn't really jail. It was rehab. Um, At the dinner party, Sid had a friend, Peter... Kodak, who is a popular um, photographer, I guess. I'm a photographer. I don't know who he is. I've never heard of him before. But um, he called him up and had him deliver him some heroin. And the heroin that he delivered, he told Sid when he gave it to him that it was 80%. Um, I'm not a drug user, so I'm not sure... Like pure, 80% pure, I guess, which is really, really good. Okay. I guess. I don't know. I don't know I've never done drugs, so I don't know. Especially heroin. 
well, yeah, I've only ever smoked pot like twice, and that was not for me. Um, but other than that, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Sid ended up taking it and um, died sometime that night because he used the same amount that he was using before he went into rehab and overdosed. Yep. Um, he was found by his mother the next morning. Sid's close friend Eileen Folk said that no funeral home was willing to hold Sid's funeral or um, have a burial due to his reputation. Um, and he was under investigation for murder, so nobody wanted him in their establishment, I guess. I don't know. Which seems really shitty, but... Well, especially since he was... I mean, they don't know what happened. Right? Like, I'm not saying he was innocent. I'm not saying he was guilty, but I, they don't know. Right. Um, well, and later on you find out something else, too. But his remains were eventually cremated at Garden State Crematory in New Jersey. According to Polk, Vicious had wanted to be buried with Nancy. She was Jewish and is buried in a Jewish cemetery in Pennsylvania, making it very difficult for interfaith burials to happen. So, they weren't going to allow him to be buried there because he's not Jewish and it's in a Jewish cemetery. So, that just... That never was going to happen. Yeah. Um, Sid's mother and Beverly later traveled to Nancy's family home, which this is kind of bullshit, um, in Philadelphia and asked Nancy's mother, Deborah, if she could scatter Sid's ashes over Nancy's grave. Now, this is all I'm going to say. I don't know what happened. And I'm not going to say that he killed her and I'm not going to say that he didn't kill her. But what I do know is that it is bullshit that his mother went to her mother's house and asked if he could bury, or not bury, if he could scatter his ashes on her grave. Like. I think it's odd. <laughs> well, I mean, I understand from the mother's, like his mom's standpoint, because that was his wishes. So I get it. But, like, actually going and asking, like, she Did thinks they, that your son murdered her daughter. Right? And also, like, can't he just walk in and dump some ashes on? I, does she really need to know that you did that? I don't know. So, anyways. Not, not saying that I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want that either. I wouldn't want, like... That's like someone hurting one of my family members and then being like... And then one their of their family, family member comes yes. up and being like, oh, well, my whoever wanted to be buried. Yes. So, no, I don't agree with it. But why did we have to ask? That's what I mean. Like, why... <laughs> why not why just... why would you think that she would say yeah, yes? Why not just do it? So, anyways, as you would assume, her mother said absolutely not. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever so polk also said that despite her mother's refusal jerry only which is from the misfits okay drove beverly and her sister and two of sid's friends to the cemetery where nancy was buried because why not have a party while we're doing it 
And um, Sid's mother then scattered his ashes over Nancy's grave. Now, I get wanting to do it, I do. But do we need to have a party to do it either? No. Well, two of those friends probably knew who Nancy was, I'm assuming. None of his friends liked her. Well, I mean, I I don't know. I don't think you should have a party. No, it should have been the mother, Sid's mother, and the guy that drove her out there. And actually, the guy that drove her out there should have sat in the car and waited for her. Well, I could see the sister for moral support for the mom. I mean, because she's letting go. Hey, I've got ashes that... I, see, I don't agree with that. I but can't let go of. No, I'm like just that, saying. I'm just saying for moral support, I would need well, someone to go with you. you that <laughs> if someone that was related to you had maybe killed someone. No, no I'm not saying it's me, appropriate. No, just let me tell you. <laughs> had maybe killed someone, and you wanted to spread the ashes on that person's grave, I'm not going with you. I don't care if you need True more story. support or not. True story. Like, to me, no. Even if there was a thought that maybe he didn't do it? Unless there was, it was proved that he didn't do it, no. Because if there is a chance that he did kill her, that is so... Well, it's gross. Yes. It's, I mean... And I'm not saying that he did, because I don't know. I'm just saying. No so one, anyways, let no me one finish, because this is taking forever. Well, we'll just do two episodes. Okay. So, shortly after Sid's death, his mother, Anne Beverly, claimed that Vicious and, sorry, Sid and Nancy had made a suicide pact, and that Sid's death was not accidental. Beverly claimed that Sid was cremated, Sorry, Beverly claimed that after Sid was cremated, she found a handwritten note in the pocket of his leather jacket. The note read, we had a death pact and I have to keep my half of the bargain. Please bury me next to my baby. Bury me in my leather jacket, jeans, and motorcycle boots. Goodbye. Less than four weeks after Vicious's death, the great rock and roll swindle soundtrack was released on December 15th, 1979, a compilation of live material recorded during his brief solo career was released as Sid, as Sid sings, which is where you can hear him screaming at audience mem- um, members in between um, tracks. Yeah, we need to get that yes. album. Um, and then there was also uh, the documentary that was made that's called Sid and Nancy. Um, and Gary Oldman played Sid yes. Vicious. I want to watch that too. And then also in 2006, Sid, along with the four original members of the Sex Pistols, were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but the band refused to go. So, how long were the Sex Pistols together? Like. Months? No, it was, I I think it was like a, it had to have been at least a year and a half. Because he got together with Nancy 
like when he first started with the sex pistols and she th- she died 19 months after they met so it had to have been at least a year anyways that's insane but they only made one live one studio um album it said hmm so well Sid Vicious right so I don't know if he killed her or not I don't know if it was a suicide pact I don't know but like half of the people that knew them I shouldn't say half most of the people that knew them said that he would have never killed her that they believed that they had a suicide pact um and then also neighbors that because they had neighbors on each side of them in the hotel, uh-huh. said that um, when they were arguing, like, you could hear them because the walls were really thin or whatever. Yeah. And, like, and when they argue, like, they go at it, and they're screaming at each other all night long. And both neighbors said that they didn't hear them fighting at all the night that she died. And supposedly, he had said that they were fighting. And, and they had an argument. Yeah. Um, but then also... um. She, later that night, had called, um, supposedly, because, I mean, it's coming from a drug dealer, so who knows. Yeah. Um, but she had called, um, and around, like, 2 and 2.30 a.m., I think they said, that she had called, um, to have somebody deliver drugs, because he was, Sid was passed out in the bed, and, um, she wanted more drugs because she wasn't passed out, so... Somebody delivered the drugs. And then when he left, he said there was another drug dealer that was coming up as well. Jesus. Yeah. Well, they did a lot of drugs. Well, and if they had a suicide pact. Right. So, um, some other people were saying that they think maybe that she stabbed herself. Um, because one of the neighbors said that during the night that she could hear, like, a woman moaning or whatever, but that... She didn't hear any arguing or anything, so she just thought maybe she was high. Yeah. So she didn't call the police or anything, but but the wound that she had, the police said she shouldn't have died from it. If somebody had called the police after she got stabbed, oh. it wasn't fatal. She died because she bled out. Huh. So they were thinking that, um, but like if he did stab her and then went and passed out, because that's what people think. Like, some people say that he stabbed her, went and passed out, and then she bled to death and died. But why wouldn't she just call 911 if it's a non-fatal injury? I wonder how much drugs they had in their system. I don't know, because nothing said how much it was. Or if they even did a toxicology report, because it would be interesting to see if she had so much drugs in her that, A, maybe she stabbed herself and then passed out and died. Right. Well, and they also, they were cutters. Ah. Well, that, I mean, I don't see stabbing yourself, like, cutting. Yeah, but, but, like, one thing said it was only, like, an inch deep. Huh? The stab wound was only, like, an inch deep. But then I was like, if it's a hunting knife, though, that doesn't seem like it would be, it seems like it would be deeper than that. Or... Maybe she went to go cut herself and had, I see, I want to know more about, like, how they found her. Did she have stuff coming out of her mouth? Did she maybe have a seizure in the middle of no. cutting herself? So she was, 
Um, the way the bathroom is set up, so the toilet was right here, and then the sink was right here. And was like, it a the pedestal sink? Was, sink? No, it's, it was off the floor. So she was like, okay. in the, she was underneath the sink, but she was laying next to the toilet. So she was laying like this on the ground with her legs like this. And then there was blood, like, right here. And then there was blood that was in front of her. But there was also blood in the bed. So, some people think maybe she crawled into the bathroom. And then other people say that he, the police say that he took her in there because she couldn't have crawled in there on her own. And it's like, but if it was a non-fatal blow or stab wound, she could have crawled in there. Was there a blood trail? No. But... I mean, if she first stabbed herself, too, you don't know how long. Well, it just, it seems strange that maybe she cut herself, then went to bed, and then maybe it was too bad and took her, but you would think that there would have been droplets on the floor. I don't, well, the place was like, they showed pictures, and it was like a shithole. I, but, I mean, they're drug addicts, so it's going to be. Like, the um people walked in or whatever and were like, the place, like, smelled like someone had died. But, no, but it wasn't, like, she hadn't been dead in the room long enough for it to smell like that. Wow. So, you just knew it was from them living there and being dirty and stuff. And gross. they were drug addicts. I wonder so. if she would have died of like tetanus or a staph infection. I don't know. Well, and back then, like you don't know like what tests they ran either because it was back in the what seventies. So yeah, so it makes me wonder what their toxicology reports were. Right. Like if they had done them. And the police said that um they absolutely don't think that she stabbed herself because there was hesitation marks from the stab wound. But I'm like, well, if she was gonna kill herself and then decided that she didn't want to kill herself. Then she would have hesitated. So that doesn't make any sense either. Yeah, I don't... That's interesting. So, I don't know. I don't either. What do you guys think? Email us. Facebook, Instagram us. Yeah. (laughs) Ha! Because we actually remember to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so Chrissy, we ran a little long. Chrissy's gonna do um, just this week's. That one was, there was so much information. And you didn't even go on anything about her, except for just a little bit. No, and I was going to, because I got a bunch of stuff on her, too. And I was like, there's no way I'd be able to do her either. We'll save this for next weekend or the weekend after when we don't, um, when we're in Vegas. Save this one? I don't know. Or, no, record this. The next one we record. Got it. Because we're we'll save for the next one next. Got it. So, anything that you watched in the last weekend that you? Um, let's see. What did I watch? Oh, yeah. I watched um Hell House, <laughs> <laughs> and I made Casey. I watched it twice in one day. That's how good it was. <laughs> but I made Casey watch it. But I fast. I'm gonna be honest. I fast through a lot of it the first time I watched it because I'm a chicken. <laughs> and um, it was creepy as fuck. Yeah, there's nothing like seeing someone in the background while someone's on their bed talking right? or like uh. recording. Um, 
And then, yeah, and then he hid under the covers, and yeah, no. So then there's also Hell House 2, and I watched that. I did not. I, well, I watched it after I watched the first one before I had you watch the first one. <laughs> and then there's a sec- or a third one called Hell House 3, and I didn't watch it the first time because I had to pay for it. Oh. Um, it's not part of our prime plan or whatever. But then I watched this. I was sitting there and I was thinking, I really need to know how it ends. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you rented so it? So I rented it last night and I watched it. Is it good? Um, yes. And, and I mean, yes, it was good. I'm just not really sure if I like how it ended. Got it. Do they, it, so is something mysteriously, like, shown to you like most trilogies where the third one is uh, there's no. like a surprise ending i mean yes and no like i kind of by halfway through i kind of figured what was going on but we're you we're pretty good about that anyways yeah um so i i knew what was happening and then when it ended I will say that it did end a little differently than I thought it was going to. But, like, what happened is what I thought was going to happen. Got if it. that makes sense. I, it's kind of hard to explain without giving it away. So. Okay. Huh. Um, but I think that's pretty much all I've watched all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched a documentary called Disclosure on Netflix. Um, it's a look at how Hollywood portrays transgenders... Um, past, present, and hopefully the future, and how those stories have impacted transgender lives and American culture. And it was very good and very um, educational because stuff that we thought was funny in like the 70s and the 80s and what people thought were funny in like the 50s and 60s have um, really hurt some people's feelings. So, right. And you don't think about those things as they're happening because of certain things. Like well, a lot of it, you we didn't it's know not relevant to our life. Yeah. So we don't realize that yeah. what so we're saying we're is doing. actually impacting yeah. somebody else's life. So it was just really interesting to hear from them, um, from the uh, transgender community that they um, interviewed for it, different actors and actresses, and um, your dog is out of control. I know <laughs> Stella wants in really, really bad, and probably to eat dinner. So, um, but yeah, so it was like they had poets and literary um, people on there, and it was just interesting to hear. Um, the impact that it had on their lives and just like the different kinds of movies and you know what people um there was one uh i want to say i think there was one woman who had a friend that she had, that she had revealed to her you know i'm going through this process and her friend was like oh you mean the guy like in silence of the lambs and she's like no that guy killed women and like took their skin off so he could wear it that's not what i'm going through 
And I just, like, I thought, why would someone think that that's... The same thing. The same thing. Like, that didn't make sense. Like, it's stuff like that. Like, you don't realize that there's other people out there that think think of these things. Like, I would have never thought that Psycho... Um, hopefully I'm not ruining this for people, so spoilers if you haven't seen Psycho and don't listen to the rest of this. Um, that Norman Bates was dressed up as his mom. Like, I wouldn't have thought that that was transgender. Like, I wouldn't, because I, I wouldn't have thought that that would have upset someone just because I thought he was a crazy killer that, like, wore his mom's clothes because he was a creeper like i mean i would have i would have never thought that and it makes me sad that someone out there was watching that going no that's not who i am like it just it it kind it makes you stop and think that you know i i don't know i don't i don't know i don't know so Anyways, I just, I just don't understand how some people think. I don't either. It doesn't make sense. But um yeah, so it was very it very educational. And it makes me feel sad that, you know, like that's who represented them, you know, is that's who they thought was representing who they are. Yeah. And it's like, gosh, I wish we could have given you better representation because that's not what I thought you you know I would never think that a transgender person was Norman Bates as his mom like never so I don't know just makes it makes you think and yeah and it makes you realize that um that a lot of people look at a lot of things differently so um yeah so I think that's it yeah. I don't think I have anything else that I was um just rate, review and subscribe. Facebook and Instagram is Two C's Podcast. Uh T W O S E A S podcast. Email is the number two C's S E A S and twenty twenty one at gmail dot com. And we post um like all the pictures from our stories on our um, Facebook and Instagram. Yes. So um, if you want to see like what we're talking about or whatever and kind of get a feel of what our story's about, you can see that on there as well. Yeah. So we will talk to you later. All right. Keep it real. Bye. Bye.